Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the Venture Church Podcast. Venture is a life-giving church located in Bluffton, South Carolina, led by Pastor Sean Olson. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Now, let's dive into the word with Pastor Sean and his message for this week. Man, I am so glad you chose to be here today. Uh, my name's Sean Olson. I get the incredible honor of leading, leading this church. And uh, I told somebody this week what an honor it is to lead in an unprecedented time. You know, we're in the midst of this, uh, this crazy COVID-19. Uh, I, I, let me tell you about that. Have you heard about it? Something's happening out there. Uh, it's, a, it's a virus. Really? It's a virus, COVID-19, yeah, it's happening. Get on social media, you'll hear all about it. Uh, but in this unprecedented time, it's an incredible honor uh, to lead. If you're a first or second time guest, I'm really proud and glad that you chose to be here today. Uh, we hope that you, we hope that you have fun. You ever know that sometimes the attack of fear also steals our fun? You know, if it steals our fun. Like, all of a sudden you're like, wait a second. I can't laugh. I can't smile. You get around people. I've been in this series, Anxious for Nothing. Um, In a season of anxiety, you you ever just stop and realize, like, when was the last time we laughed? When was the last time we smiled? I hope today that you have fun. For real. Like, it's all right. I I wanted to open with my, my, you ever have, like, some people that speak some wisdom into your life? I need a lot of those people around me because I wanted to open her church today with it's the end of the world as we know it, but I feel fine. I didn't. They told me I couldn't. I still sang it anyway. Like, it's okay. I want, I want you to have fun, but I also want you to be inspired by the presence of God. Uh, and then ultimately, I want you to feel at home that we are family here at Venture. We love you. We are super glad you came. Obviously, we've been in the series. Today's my final installment, I think, unless God does something different in my heart, my final installment on the series, Anxious for Nothing. Anxious for Nothing. Now, when we penned this series, uh, there was no talk of COVID-19. It was an unknown thing. Uh, The coronavirus was unaware, yet obviously it's such a timely talk. It's such a timely conversation because you can feel in in the culture, like go to the grocery store. Actually, better yet, don't go to the grocery store. I just saved you hours of your life and frustration, okay? Like you can feel the sense of fear and anxiety. Uh, And today I'm going to talk about it just a little bit different. And I, I hope hang with me here because there's something that we aren't addressing in all of this. There's something we haven't gotten to yet, and we're going we're gonna to talk about it today. I, I believe that anxiety, regardless of the root cause, right now the fear and anxiety, the root cause is, is COVID-19, but regardless of the cause, you may have walked in completely stressed out over something that's unrelated to COVID-19. You're like, man, I'm, I'm, I've had all I can take for something completely Unrelated, regardless of the circumstance, there is a spirit of fear and anxiety. So why why the Bible addresses the spirit of fear. And we're going to talk about the spirit of anxiety and fear this morning, and it couldn't be more appropriately timed. Before we do, I actually want to pray over today that God would bring peace. 
Anybody need a little peace in the midst of this crazy? Like for real. I need some peace in all of this. Uh, I, I need God's peace to, to be present in the middle of complete and uncertainty. So let's just go to the Father. God, we pray your presence right now. God, I sense a serious oppression in the community. I sense a serious uh, uh, anxiety and fear. And I know that is not your will. So I pray your peace opens our hearts, our minds today, would rest in our lives. Be with us as we read your word. Be with us as we study your word and we talk about it in your incredible name. Amen. Philippians 4, 4, uh, been my theme verse this whole series. Rejoice in the Lord always. I don't know about you, I didn't see a whole lot of rejoicing this week. Hey, COVID-19 is awesome. I haven't seen much rejoicing. Uh, So this scripture is so appropriately timed because you don't have to tell people to rejoice in the midst of a time to rejoice. You tell people to rejoice when there is lack of circumstance that drive you to rejoicing. Remember, Paul writes this from Rome as a prisoner. His dream was to go to Rome as a preacher. He's there as a prisoner. So he's living the proverbial nightmare and he's saying rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. One of the things I think, and I haven't even got to my message yet, one of the things I think that we have a unique opportunity in this season of chaos is if we maintain our joy, our influence will grow. If we just maintain joy, you know, you go around, I, I've, I've been in different restaurants this week. I live my life in restaurants. If you want to go to lunch, I like to eat too. It's awesome, right? I live my life in restaurants and it's just this sense of one, no one's there. And then there's this like, we just, gotta, we just gotta make it. I'm like, how are you? I'm fantastic. They're like, what's wrong with you? Nothing's wrong with me. That's the point. I've maintained my joy in the midst of the struggle. There's got to be something that separates us. Rejoice, I say always. I'll say it again. He says rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. I could probably for the next 15 minutes just preach this one verse on how it applies to the coronavirus. Let your gentleness. I love that it says rejoice. Then it comes back and says let your gentleness. Now is not a time to make a point. It's a time to be different. Let your gentleness be evident to all. If you're using your faith as an aggressive tactic, it's not gentle. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Then the verse, do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious about anything. You don't have to be anxious about the health crisis in America or the world for that matter. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Do not be anxious about anything. Billy Graham actually said it like this, though, and I I saw this this couple weeks ago, and I thought it's so appropriate to wrap this series up with. Billy Graham says, historians will probably call our era the age of anxiety. Anxiety is the natural result when our hopes are centered in anything short of God and his will for us. Anxiety is the natural result when our hopes are centered in anything short of God and his will for us, which implies to me that anxiety has a spiritual battle side to it. Now, let me, let me break it down to you. That which you put your greatest hope in also is equal where your fear will come from. You want me to show you how it works? You ride a roller coaster. 
some thrill nuts in there like, yes, I love all roller coasters. They're awesome. I was there one time. I was a youth pastor in that time. I'm no longer a youth pastor, right? True story. As a youth pastor, teenagers, you need to remember this. There's a little crazy side to youth pastors. I'm about to show it to you. I get on a, on a ride. It was one of those like feet dangly roller coasters. One of, one of my, my students that I love to hang out with, he was an older student sitting next to me. You know, you get in and you're like clicked in. You're like, this has got to be awesome. Have you read this before? Yeah, like 800 times. It's my favorite. It goes upside down, right? All is good. Click, 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 click. We're looking at the top. We're talking. You got that few minutes. And I kid you not, we are a few clicks from the top and I look over and his safety thing goes click. All of a sudden, the thing he had his hope in was no longer secure, so now there was panic present. Maybe we've put our hope in the wrong thing, and the ride became a nightmare because it's no longer secure. Click, and it shows up. All he had was the one little strap. He's dangling all over the place. I'm a youth pastor. I'm laughing. I think it's hilarious. I'm like, you're going to die. This is great. Not all youth pastors are like that. It was just me, right? Like, but here's the thing. All of a sudden, the thing that he had his hope in was no longer secure. What our hope is tied to, our fear comes from. And I think what we're sensing in our culture right now is our hope is tied to everything but God. Everything but God. And when that is shaken, we see a sense of fear and anxiety. And I believe with all of my heart that what we're experiencing right now, not just because of COVID-19, but certainly it's bringing it to light, is that the epidemic of anxiety is spiritual. It's spiritual. Thus, we can fall back on scriptures like 2 Corinthians 10 that talks about how we fight. If it's a spiritual war, it's a different fight. If it's all emotional, it changes how I fight, but if it's spiritual, I don't have to fight fair. I've already got the victory. If it's spiritual, I've already got the victory. And I think we may be approaching the storm of COVID-19 anxiety and fear from a different perspective. I find a great representation of how anxiety creeps in and when Jesus calms the storm. Matthew 8 it's in three of the four Gospels, and I'm going to reference uh, two or three of them in, in my talk today. But Matthew 8, starting in verse 23, Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, suddenly, suddenly the world changed. Suddenly anxiety crept in. Suddenly fear. Suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake, the waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and waves. And suddenly, suddenly it came and suddenly it left. Suddenly it came suddenly it left. There was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man? They asked. Even the winds and waves obey him. Somebody say suddenly. Yeah. Sometimes you're, you're trucking wrong doing your thing in life. By the way, you need to know the reference point of this scripture is that these guys were experienced fishermen. It's not like they're first outing on a boat. 
They grew up on boats. I love boats. They knew what it was like to be in the water and suddenly something scared them. Sometimes you can go through life doing something you're aware of and suddenly something scares you. I really believe that's the climate of our culture today. Suddenly something snapped up. It's like taking control. You can't get on any news medium out there and not hear about COVID-19. Why? Because suddenly something else has gripped our hearts. Suddenly. And then, of course, sounds like a surprise. Man, it surprised me. I want to tell you that What surprises you, that which happens suddenly in your life, isn't a surprise to him. That's the first thing we need to know about all of this. He's not surprised. Jesus isn't up there going, what? Holy Spirit, did you see this one coming? Nah, this one got me. Like, look, look what happens just in the other other portion of this scripture. Mark chapter 4, it's the same story, a different perspective. So same exact story, now we're getting Mark's perspective. Mark chapter 4, verse 35, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. First of all, you got to realize there's a destination in mind. There may be a storm in the middle, but God's still taking you somewhere. He's called you to go somewhere, and he knows the storm you'll go through before you get there. He's calling them to go to the other side, even though he knows there's a storm coming. Let's go to the other side. So what? They took Jesus in the boat and started out leaving the crowds behind him. We'll come back to that verse later. It's important. They took Jesus in the boat. By the way, whose idea was it to go to the other side? It was Jesus's. He knew the storm. Let me tell you, that which takes you suddenly isn't a surprise For him, not only does he know your purpose and destiny, he knows the storms you'll sail through on the way, and he promised to be in the boat. He promised to be in the boat. Not only was it his idea for them to go, he willingly got in the boat. That's the most peaceful thought in all of it. He knows the storm's coming. He willingly got himself in the boat so he would be present in the storm. He went with them. Your story includes your Savior walking through your storms and struggles with you. He knows where you're headed. He knows what you're going to do in life. He knows the incredible things that you will accomplish in life. That's why Ephesians talks about the good works that you will do. He knows all of that, but he also knows the storms, the trials that you will walk through on the way. And the anxiety suddenly flares up. And listen, it's a tack on on all of us. It's something that is prevalent in today's society. The trigger is different. For some of you, honestly, the trigger is the health side of this thing. You've washed your hands so much, they're like leather. I'm glad I didn't shake your hand today. I would have been like, oh, what is that? Right? You all of a sudden, you got the hands of a 90-year-old mechanic, right? And you've been washing your hands. I mean, scrubbing them. Because the trigger has been held. For some of you, the trigger's been financial. You're watching the stock market like, oh, (laughs) on the phone. Did you know? Did you see? Your trigger isn't what it's doing to your health. Your trigger is what it's doing to your finances. Some of you, the trigger is just the fear in general. The overall panic and preparedness. You have a stockpile of toilet paper. (laughs) 
You're the one, huh? We're going to find you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going we gonna to find you. Because your safety is in what you possess. Because your safety and security is in what you possess, so the more you possess, the more safe you feel because you're prepared for the unknown. You ain't that prepared. You ain't that prepared. They didn't take Charmin with them. They took Jesus with them. There's a reason. One prepares you, one doesn't. Your safety is in your preparation. So, so the anxiety is only subsided when you're at the store buying more. You've been to the store six times this week. Calm down, man. I need some Pringles too. Right? Calm down. Suddenly it comes into your world, but it didn't surprise him. That's what I need you to know today. While this has taken our world by storm, the storm hasn't surprised the one who created the world. Calm down. It's okay. Let's all breathe, and I'm not making light of it either. I won't do that. Jesus isn't moved by the storm. It's going to say is, but that's a, that's a typo on my fault. My bad. Jesus isn't moved by the storm. At least I knew it. At least I knew it. Get this. These are these experienced fishermen. They're scared of the storm. That should tell you how bad it is. In fact, one translation talks about the real danger they are in. We should not use our faith to diminish the reality of the danger around us either. The Bible says this storm created a real danger. If it's not a real danger, my faith isn't that real either. Hello. Right? It creates a real danger for my faith to be bigger than the danger. If it's not a real roller coaster, I don't need the little safety thing. I'm not going upside down. When I'm really going to go upside down, I better have something to hold on to. Right? The Bible says they were in real danger. I want to tell you that this situation is real. And it's foolish to step back like, it's not real. It's real. The Bible talks about the storm they're in and says they're in real danger. Now, where is Jesus when they're in real danger? He's asleep. He's asleep. Now, I want you to imagine, because I'm a, I'm a very visual person, and when you talk about boats, you happen to be talking about my love language, right? I love being on the water. I love being on boats. I spent some time on boats. I know this. When water is coming over a boat... It's going to the bottom of the boat. Jesus is asleep in the bottom of the boat. My dude's wet. He's wet. He's down there curled up. He's getting splashed in the face. For real, he's, he's asleep. I don't know about you, but if there's something wet in my bed, it's not good. <laughs> Angela. <laughs> like, like, you know, like, if there's something wet, it, like, that can't be a good thing. He can sleep through the wind and the water. It's rocking him. It's pushing him back and forth because the storm doesn't scare him. The storm doesn't scare him. So sometimes this is what we do, and you, you, need, you need to hear this. The fear that grips us, we project into him like he's afraid of the storm. 
Like he's scared of it too. And we, we experience this anxiety in this fear. And all of a sudden when we pray, we pray through a lens as if he's afraid of the storm. He's sleeping in the storm. Experiencing the circumstances of the storm did not disrupt his rest and peace. We think not only is he surprised by it, that he's afraid of it. But, but look, look what wakes him up. Matthew 8, 25, so the disciples went and they woke him up shouting, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. You need to know this. Probably you don't hear anything else, hear this. The disciples' voice moved him. The storm did not. Whatever grips you, whatever terrifies you, whether it be COVID-19, your financial state, your security, your future. You know, there's some college kids that all of a sudden their future is different. Whatever it is gripping you, you need to know this. Your storm doesn't have his attention. You have his attention. The disciples' voice, and you know it was Peter. You know those boys are up on the boat going, somebody got to go wake him up. Peter, you go. You're crazy anyway. And Peter goes and wakes him up. The same Peter that would deny him later, the same Peter that would make all the mistakes, your behavior doesn't win his favor. It's that you're his and he's in the boat with you. Your voice wakes him up out of the storm regardless of your behavior. Because you're his. Some of us were so scared and consumed by anxiety in this world we live in. And we think he is scared of it. Your storm's not moving him, but I promise your voice will. So maybe, maybe just maybe, don't read another article today. Call on the one who already knows. Call on the one who's already resting in the middle of the storm because he knows something you don't know. Call his name and he'll respond to you. Your voice causes him to wake, to stir, to be present. Your circumstances don't scare Jesus, but your voice compels him. The storm, however, the storm is spiritual. We got to get to this because this is so important. The storm is spiritual. We know the story. Uh, if you, you grew up in Sunday school, the felt board of the waves were here now and the little guy with the wind was coming in, right? Jesus gets up on the boat, right? Why are you afraid? You have so little faith. And you, you always imagine it almost like Titanic. He's up at the front of the boat now, right? <laughs> Maybe not quite that much uh, drawn out. And he rebukes the wind and the waves. And then there's calm and the, the disciples go, well, who is this that even the wind and the waves respond to him? But you ever stop and read the Bible and go, maybe we missed the meaning of the word. It uses this word in passing and we read past it and we teach past it and we know it. And, and maybe we need to step back and look at the word. He rebuked. He rebuked the wind and the waves. Well, let me ask you a question. What do you rebuke? You don't rebuke a circumstance. You don't rebuke a wind and a wave. You rebuke a spirit. Maybe we've been talking to the circumstances that create our fear and anxiety rather than rebuking the spirit that is underneath it all. And we need to have a spiritual conversation that the spirit of fear is present and we're dealing with the circumstances that he's creating 
that, that he's str strategizing in our life. And we're like, oh my goodness, if I could just get past COVID-19, if you get past COVID-19, there will be something else. I'm calling it like it is. Maybe it won't be as prevalent worldwide, but it will be in your world. It'll be just as important in your world. And, and he steps up on the bow, and I need you to see this. He rebukes the wind and the wave. And some of us, let, let's just be honest, I want to have a real heartfelt conversation. We've read all the parenting magazines and, 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 and books because our, our, our kids aren't responding like maybe we want them to. And we're looking for all of the help of the circumstance. Maybe we just walk in the room, get on our knees and rebuke the spirit. Just being for real, you go, man, this is, this is a bit much. Oh yeah, it's a bit much. It's taking over our world. Anxiety is, is plaguing our world. You want to know why I'm here today? Let me just tell you. Her name's Sherry Ann Olson, and she's a Southern mama that would wear my butt out and pray myself out of all the trouble I was in because she rebuked the spirits that were messing with me. The power of a praying mama's for real, y'all, especially a Southern praying mama who carried a wooden spoon. <laughs> Them are some serious mamas. And what we've done is we've kept the spoon and lost the prayer. Maybe we need the spoon back too, but we... <laughs> Just being for real, right? We, we, we've kept the, the correction of the behavior and we stopped rebuking the spirit. Maybe we're trying to find what's caused COVID-19 and what the world's going to look like in three weeks. And if we could just figure it all out, everything would be okay. Maybe the church of Jesus needs to rise up and rebuke the spirit of fear and anxiety that's plaguing our world anyway, regardless of of what the circumstances are, what I am seeing in the midst of all of this is there's a spirit of fear, there's a spirit of anxiety that has been brought to the surface, and guess what? When it's spiritual, I can rebuke it. So I can step up and rebuke. He rebuked the wind and the waves, and we get so consumed with the symptoms, we never deal with the spirit. I see that our world and, and, and most things have become symptom management and we never, we never deal with the spirit. It's spiritual because it's significant. Your storm, COVID-19, whatever it is that brings you fear, is significant and it's strategic. I want to show you how the enemy works. I want to show you how the adversary works. Ephesians 6.11, we would also know this from Sunday school. Put on the full armor, on, on God's armor, so that, we could do the whole armor thing, we won't. So that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Sometimes we give the devil too much power and not enough intellect. He's got some strategies. He's got some schemes. And if he's scheming, he's trying to stop you. Maybe the storm of fear and anxiety is designed to stop something that God's moving. It is not a surprise to me that there's the talk of quarantine and, and social distancing, and I am not giving merit to it or taking away from. We have to walk in both wisdom and faith. That's very, very important, and I won't, I won't even get into that because my context today is of a spiritual nature. I want to tell you, that I believe something is happening. 
And there's some strategies and scheming at work, even in your own life. See, these guys, if you go back just a little bit, the story doesn't stand alone. There's a story before and a story after. And if you lose the story before and the story after, sometimes you lose the significance of the story you're in. See, there's a chapter before this for you, and there's a chapter after. Before and after your struggle, there's parts of your story. And if we lose that, we lose the significance of the storm. See, just before we remember, Jesus sent them to the other side. If Jesus is sending you somewhere, he's got purpose for you there. Now the storm pops up to stop their progress of where Jesus was sending them. Why would that be? Well, let's look. Matthew 8, 28. When Jesus arrived on the other side, somebody say the other side. When the Jesus in you gets to the other side of this storm, of your storm, some miracles, some miraculous things, some new things are going to take place. When Jesus arrived on the other side, the Jesus that's in the boat in your struggle, when he arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gardenias, two men who were possessed by demons met him. They came out of the tombs and were so violent that no one could go through that area. Can I tell you what you see right here and maybe you just missed it? The enemy was worried about someone taking new territory, so a storm pops up to stop the progress. Can I tell you, when you get to the other side of the struggle, God's got something new over there. You gotta make it through the storm before you get there. And what happens is this. We let the fear and the anxiety stop us in the storm. We let the fear and the anxiety of if I've been compelled by anything. And let me tell you, I'm not saying being prepared is operating in fear. Not making light of that, I wouldn't do that. You wanna have a conversation offline? Let's do it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about what that looks like. But I'm talking about the spirit of fear that literally takes my breath away, that stops my movement. When the spirit of fear stops my progress, it's because I put my trust, my hope, somewhere else. But I wanna tell you, today my hope, for everybody that showed up, you would hear this. That day when Jesus stepped out on the boat, the bow, and he spoke to the wind and the waves, they responded because they knew him. I'm gonna tell you this. I don't know how all the COVID-19 stuff's gonna shake out, I don't. I don't have that knowledge, but I know this. COVID-19 has a name, so does Jesus. I know which one I will trust in, and we need to reset our trust, because I'm gonna promise you this. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay. There's peace when we trust in him. So close your eyes for a moment. Breathe in. We've been gripped in life by spiritual anxiety and spiritual fear. It's so, it's gonna be okay. Cause you can stand and say it is well. Well, 
All my circumstances may not be well. The world around me seems crazy, but I can stand and say it is well. There you go, let him hear it. take you back to that Mark scripture before we wrap up. Mark chapter 4 verse 36. So they took Jesus in the boat. They took Jesus in the boat and started out leaving the crowds behind. They took Jesus in the boat. Maybe the problem is we're trying to sail through the storm without taking Jesus in the boat. Maybe the reason we're so rocked as a, a country, as a community, as an individual is because we left Jesus on the shore and we tried to sell through without him. I want to ask you honestly, right now in the midst of all of this crazy, maybe what's being made aware more than anything else in your life is that you don't have Jesus. Oh, oh, you know, and you go to church, but you don't have Jesus in your life daily. You don't have a relationship with him. Do me a favor and bow your heads and close your eyes. Just want to ask you, you're here amidst chaos, confusion, and uncertainty, but I believe that God can use it to make you aware that you lack something in your life, and that is the daily power and presence of Jesus. If you don't have a real relationship with him, sure, you you show up to church, you're here right now, but you don't have a real relationship with him the storms will always overtake you. So today, during this storm, let it be an opportunity for you to say, you know what, I need this. I wanna accept him for real. If you're right here right now, you don't have that. I wanna give you an opportunity, I won't embarrass you. I just wanna pray with you. Do me the honor, just raise your hand and look at me. Say, man, I need that right now. I need you to pray with me. I need a relationship with Jesus. I thank you. I need, I need somebody to pray with me. I need to say yes to Jesus today. I'm in the midst of the storm, the crazy, and I need some peace. Anyone else? Anyone else? I just want to pray with you. Thank you so much. I'm going to ask all of my friends, everyone in the room, those that raise their hand, to pray this with me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me, for coming after me, for being on my boat, in my storm, in my struggle. Today, I accept you in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed today's message, take a second and share it with your friends. Here at Venture, we believe in the power of being connected with a local church body. So whether that's with us at Venture or another local church near you, we encourage you to get plugged in. We hope you have an amazing week. And thanks again for listening to the Venture Church Podcast.